0: serious if you could learn the truth of any one mystery urban legend or conspiracy theory what would you choose i had just planned my first date with a friend of a friend he had recently come out to his friends and, and we'd been friends for months mostly talking online since he was away often for his job we went to an anime convention together and he had already come out to me there he gave the best hugs we planned to go rock hounding on the mountain then going to the local gem and mineral show a few days later this was around the 4th of July when he didn't show up for the mountain trip we figured he was stuck at work he didn't have cell service and usually didn't get a chance to talk online until his long shifts were over it was normal to not hear from him for over a week two days later and a day before the gem and mineral show I get a call from the friend that introduced us, she tells me he died, apparently, he'd been dead for an entire week, because of his job, none of us thought he was missing any more than usual, we got together with all of the friend group to learn the details, they were in an excruciating order from which I'll spare anyone reading this, he had shot himself, and was was found a day later in a field heading out of town, He wasn't identified for over a week. Since he didn't have any identifying information on him or in his car, he also was unrecognizable. The gun was his father's, but his father lived in a different state and doesn't know how he got it. His mom recently told him to take some old antidepressants because work was making him feel empty inside. He was not out to his parents or co-workers. He was dating my best friend's sister. He received a call while at work. His co-workers said he grew immediately, pale, and rushed out from work saying he had to leave. None of this was remotely what the person I talked to online talked about. We had one date before all this where he made me dinner. Seeing him in person was rare. He didn't leave a note. His family didn't know who he was. Essentially, their description of him was not accurate of the man I knew. My friends agreed. The friend who introduced us didn't go. There are so many unanswered questions in this mystery that makes closure almost impossible for me. Who called him? What was it about? His parents loved him. But didn't know the real him, I'm so lost. Around July 87 or July 87 or 88 in Flushing, Queens, and why I had met another kid whom I had never seen before, it was strange, as I thought I knew every kid in my smallish neighborhood and who went to my school nearby, he was around my age of 8, we both had skateboards so we skated around our, neighborhood for a few hours, and became fast friends, his name was Nicholas, he was small for his age with blonde hair and blue eyes, he was very nice and took to me like he was my long lost younger brother, he met my family within a few days of hanging out, he would come by my house and call for me, when he finally convinced me to come to his, apartment. I was immediately uneasy going inside as it was messy and in a basement, I felt like I might not make it out, I met his grandmother who for some reason was holding a small whip she called a cat of nine tails, tell me how she would whip Nicholas when he came home late, practically blaming me for the abuse he was about to suffer, all I wanted to do was, run out of there but I stayed strong for my buddy and took responsibility so as to save him and she acquiesced. Within a few days he had me meet his mother who appeared even to a young me to be a drug-addicted prostitute with a pimp-like boyfriend who dressed like Jimi Hendrix. After meeting her we hung out much less until one night two detectives show up at my door telling my parents that Nicholas is missing and the mom was there saying to check our house as if we hid him from him. I was shushed away so I couldn't tell them about the whippings I was told about. I never saw Nicholas or heard about the story again. If you are out there I hope your life turned out okay, friend i gotta go with the first ever unsolved mystery that really made me think mystery of the somerton man in the 1948 a guy was found dead on a beach in adelaide australia he was never identified and months after finding his body they found a fake pocket in his pants it was torn from May copy of the book Ruby out of Omar Khayyam. I googled that and had a phrase on it which said to mom shoot which means ended or finished in Persian they found the book that it came from but the owner denied ever knowing the guy there was an encrypted message in the book that they found and it still hasn't been cracked apparently there's been a development recently that might identify him as H C Reynolds but it's not 100% certain it's super interesting jennifer fairgate furgate it's a fascinating mystery a woman checks into the oslo plaza hotel a five-star establishment and is found dead in her room three days later initially assumed to have committed a suicide But there's no blood on her hands, no gunshot residue, no fingerprints on the bullets in the gun or the gun itself, which in addition to the odd position in which she is found on her bed really starts looking more like homicide. Additionally, no personal belongings in the room besides clothes, shoes, a travel bag and an attach full of bullets. Clothes and shoes have all producer labels designations removed as well. Contents of her stomach indicate that she had died the day before she was found. But a member of staff who knocked on her door heard a gunshot go off right after that, indicating someone's presence inside. The door was also locked from the inside but no one was there when they got in, probably my favorite true crime thing. My grandfather, one day, just walked out the door and never came back. This was before I was born I am 27. He left behind my grandmother and his three children. There was a statewide search. My mom's family never got closure. Although, me thinks he might have had another family that he ran away to. But it still baffles me sometimes at night. My grandmother finally held a pseudo funeral memorial for him last year. My grandma's brother did this in the 30s. Just disappeared. By all accounts, his wife turned very unpleasant, bordering on abusive. After marriage and divorce wasn't a good option in those days, my grandpa traveled a lot for work and supposedly ran into him in Nevada in the late 50s early 60s. Grandpa worked on military contracts for his company, so he was all over the world until his kids were a little older. He said the guy would never admit it was him but the bar the guy was running was named after him his nickname had been Big Ed and the bar was named Big Ed's, it looked like him, and the guy knew a lot about their mutual hometown Chicago, supposedly the guy specifically asked him to say hello to my grandma and her sister my grandpa hadn't mentioned a sister, I keep trying to find record of this bar, but no luck never got a name on the town, no idea if the story was true or if my grandpa was trying to, help my grandma get closure, though he wasn't wasn't the type to like, the a group I think that's the name, basically a group of 7 hikers start hiking the mountains when 6 of them start bleeding from the eyes, ears, nose and mouth, they all scream, start seizing, 1 even starts bashing their head on a rock. The remaining survivor flees, but later comes back to the bodies to get supplies. She's found a few days later but refused to talk about it. A lot of people say it's a deadly nerve agent that Russia was using this. Happened in Siberia. I think but that doesn't explain why the last one survived. Even going back and still being unaffected. Sounds an awful lot like radiation burns and sickness. I know some other people died in Russia after straying too close to an abandoned RTG once used to power a radio relay out in the wilds. I thought that initially as well. But there are a few issues with the radiation theory. First, the area where all these people died was actually a fairly active hiking zone with others passing through the area before and after with no ill effects, meaning it's unlikely that they came across something the government dumped there. Second, there were initial survivors of whatever whatever came over the group despite being right beside those who did die suddenly a man and a woman who would be the only survivors of the incident until a few minutes later when the man began to show the same symptoms before dropping dead as well. You'd think that if they came across something like high radiation or a dumped nerve agent, it would have just outright killed all of them right then and there. Especially if it was in high enough concentration to kill the other members of the group as quickly as it did. I don't know. While I think there is some kind of government involvement in the incident, it's still a totally bizarre situation. A man only a year older than me went missing in my town right near my place of work a few years ago. He just disappeared. I remember seeing the missing posters and the police conducting searches. It has been several years and he is still listed as missing. I think about him from time to time and wonder whatever happened to him. I'd wanna know about him. There are so many cases like his. I hope his family and the other families one day get answers. Similar story in my town here in the UK. Guy just disappeared on the way home from the pub in early evening in the summer when it was still light out. They they scoured CCTV in the area and tried to track his last move. Movements but never found him this is why I think it's a bit ridiculous when you see the tinfoil hat nut jobs claiming that the government are tracking you they couldn't even find a guy who went missing on his way home in broad daylight through a city center filled with CCTV and carrying his phone the Yuba County 5 5 young mentally handicapped men went missing they were gone for months without any clues other than a few mysterious phone calls saying not to look for them their vehicle was found upon a mountain road a few days after they went missing it turned on and ran perfectly fine They were finally found in a trailer deep in the mountains. The strange thing was the one full corpse that was found starved and froze to death. When there was plenty of food, water, and heat in the trailer to last all five boys' years, some of the food had been eaten showing that they hadn't had a problem accessing the food. While they did have impairments, they were all independent and would have to know how to turn on the heat and get food, call for help. To add the mystery the fifth man's body was never found and while the others were cognitively impaired he suffered from schizophrenia and had several disturbing incidents leading up to their disappearance. The full corpse that was found was wearing this man's shoes but wasn't him. The corpse had been wearing boots the night they disappeared and it's believed that the man either stole them or talked the other young man into giving him his boots. What happens to the fifth man? Why did the man in the trailer starve to death surrounded by food? Why did the other men leave the trailer and die just 100s of feet away from it when there was food and warmth so close? Why did they leave the car? To begin with, why didn't they follow the trail back to the road? The Disappearance of Lars Mittank in 2014 read about it somewhere years ago and it still bothers me sometimes i try to sum it up german tourist is on vacation in croatia gets into a little bar fight over soccer gets injured on his ear doctor tells him not to fly until fully recovered friends leave without him after he insists that he'll be fine without them he checks in into a hotel and suddenly shows serious signs of paranoia and one day later he calls his mother whispering that he is being followed by four men that are trying to kill him after after some time He can finally fly back and enters the airport, seemingly back to normal. This is covered by the airport cameras. He even talks with someone inside the airport like everything's normal. He then leaves the camera angle for a second with all of his luggage in his hand and just seconds later he runs full speed out of the airport, leaving his luggage behind just like that. In front of the airport he stands there shortly like he is looking for something. Then he continues to run in a specific direction, clips over a decently high fence and disappears in a sunflower field and is never seen again nor is his body. The most realistic scenario is that he had some kind of concussion or brain damage from the hit that injured his ear, but his friends described him as perfectly normal after the incident. There are so many things, weird and not fitting in this case. Most of the media coverage is in German. There is this famous case in France where a bourgeois family was killed, except the father who disappeared. He is of course the prime suspect, as the events they have reconstructed suggest he got the oldest son back home himself to kill him after the other family members has already already been murdered. He buried them all under the terrace and they weren't found right away. So he got a head start so to say. It's been years and no one knows what happened to him. There have been plenty of sightings all over the country, but he looks very average and forgettable. A few years back, they thought they got him on a flight in from. Scotland, and didn't show his picture until a few days later, and everyone who knows about the case wondered WTF was the police thinking, because the man who was arrested looks nothing like him, anyway, I'd like to know what happened to him and if he really did it, I have little doubt he did. But he went to such length to cover his tracks, sending letters to family members saying he and his family were relocating under witness protection in the U.S., or suggesting he was involved in a big case and couldn't disclose his location, etc. Some people even believed the people buried in his yard were not his real family but morgue corpses with elements of DNA to link it to the family so they could escape fake their death. Weirdest murder ever a bunch of shit happened That doesn't make any sense father mother and four children live in a wealthy Nance suburb Herb the father registered in a shooting range, but some lime cement some shovels and a hoe so far It seems like the father is planning on murdering his family But this is where it gets really weird on the 3rd of April 2011 the family dine in a restaurant in Nance the next day their two kids don't go to school due to illness He then goes out to the restaurant with his son who was said to have felt unwell near the end, and that they barely spoke to each other. The next day, on the 5th of April, a friend of Thomas said that they met, played music, and watched some TV. He planned to spend the night, but his father asked him to come back. The next day, Thomas said he was ill and that he couldn't come to class. On the 7th of April, several witnesses claim to have seen the mother alive. He sends an email to his brother-in-law, saying you'll hear more detailed news soon though. On the 11th, the school that two of the children went to received a letter that the father had to go to Australia due to urgent professional changes. The lease on the house had been terminated. All bank accounts had been closed. The house had been completely emptied. The father bought a hotel room in southern France, was spotted a few times, then vanished. On the 22nd of April, the bodies had been found. They were drugged and shot dead with a rifle as they slept. Interestingly, the prosecutor allowed the victims to be buried immediately and advised relatives to not look at the bodies. At this point, the father has an international arrest warrant over his head. The official time of death was stated to be the 4th-5th of April for the family which seems to contradict with witnesses claiming to have seen them in public. Then, in May, the family revealed that they received a letter dated to the 11th of April. The father claims that he is a DEA agent working in France and that his family's life was in immediate danger due to his cover being blown, so they are moving to the United States and entering the witness protection program. The truth about extraterrestrial and maybe even interdimensional life. There's no way we are alone in a universe that is basically infinite. I take it as a given that there's other worlds with multicellular life. They may even be spectacularly commonplace. Likewise, though definitely less common. I expect sentience and intelligence to be pretty commonplace in the universe too. If it can happen once, it can happen a million times in a universe this big more interesting to me is how far away is the nearest species with our level or better of intelligence and technical development realistically if we want to visit another world we're going to spend a very very long time doing it without FTL at a blistering 10% of the speed of light it'll take 40 minus 50 years to reach our nearest neighboring star 4.5 light years away if our nearest alien neighbors are 50 or 100 light years away we will probably never meet them because it will take between 500 and 1000 years to get there if we ever contact aliens I guarantee it will be mostly done by radio signals over the course of decades. We can only know something for certain if we can observe it. We're yet to observe life anywhere else in the universe and if the Fermi Paradox is anything to go by. That's extremely weird. I know it sounds absurd to believe we're alone, but that is a reality we should take seriously and always consider Personally, I think the universe is too big But I could never confidently say it's a given there's life if we are alone in the universe That's pretty sc- that's pretty scary One of the weirder theories is that maybe aliens don't want to be contacted Maybe sending out signals into the void will gather unwanted attention We could just be putting a big target on our back laughing my butt off. I personally don't get the Fermi paradox I just don't see it as a paradox if the universe is unimaginably vanished and the speed of light is excruciatingly slow on a cosmic scale then it's no wonder we haven't noticed alien life like I have no doubt there is life on other worlds But if life is a very fragile thing and requires just the right conditions to evolve, and then intelligent life is even more fragile and requires even more specific conditions, then the universe must be very sparsely populated with intelligent creatures. And since the universe is so sparse to begin with, the nearest one of these must be so incredibly far away that any light-based communication would take too long, and the light we're both emitting from our planets will attenuate to basically nothing before it can be received. So basically if intelligent life is extremely rare, the universe extremely vast, and the maximum speed information can travel extremely slow, then a quiet but not n- not necessarily empty universe is what we would expect. Right, right. We're a guy with a flashlight in a dark forest wondering why we haven't seen anyone else in the past five minutes. The area in we could detect any signal not explicitly aimed at us is only maybe 100 light years in radius. The galaxy is so much bigger it's laughable to expect we'd find any other civilizations in range of our ability to detect. The main other indicators are big stuff, K2 plus civilization stuff like artificial signals embedded in star activity, or evidence of megastructures like Dyson swarms. We don't even know if any civilization would be able to make those work, let alone actually do them. The underlying where are they question in the Fermi paradox is fundamentally premature. We just don't have the detection range to make the question meaningful. It's not a paradox. We've barely begun to look flight MH370. Many people traveling by plane still get the chills when they hear about MH370. After all, it is the amongst the biggest unsolved mysteries of the modern world. MH370 was the flight number for a Malaysian Airlines plane that went missing while on route from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing on 8th of March 2014. The aircraft was crossing the Indian Ocean when it vanished from the radar without any possible explanation that is, no turbulence, engine, malfunction, etc. Neither the passengers nor any remnants of the Boeing 777 have been found to date well if I can only pick one I am going with Bigfoot however I do know of an unsolved mystery where I am from in Oregon The legend of Pumpkin Ridge peed an old hermit who lived in the hills, above North Plains, or, he was known to keep to himself, built a homestead way up in the hills, and literally walked seven miles each way into town to get supplies. As the story goes, he was ousted from private land where he was living and moved further up the hill. The locals who had evicted him continued to hold a grudge and one night the youngers, found him walking alone on the road and decided to have some fun. They began firing shots at his feet exclaiming dance old man, dance that sort of thing when one bullet tagged the old man. In a panic the culprits finished hold Pete off then buried his body somewhere out there in the hills. Since Pete was a well-known fixture of the community despite being, a -a hermit-a-mounted sheriff's posse searched the hills to no conclusion. Pete's body was never found. Subsequently, several years later, one of the supposed gunmen was overheard boasting about the murder in a local bar. Then, not long after, that fellow came to an untimely death when the tractor he was driving mysteriously flipped over on him. This is all well-known local lore in that area. I've personally seen news clippings and other memorabilia. I've even had the privilege of visiting Pete's cabin on protected private land let me tell you the vibes there are heavy yet it's still a mystery to this day what really happened to Pete I'd say the mystery of the afterlife is there one maybe Maybe not. Who knows. Well I would if this came true. Honestly after everything I've heard from several people and my own parents I've started believing in a theory I've had. Some evidence I've personally found is honestly captivating. If you in the Millax Lake Onamia area not sure if this was news broadcasted nationally you might have heard about my cousin CJ murder ran over by a car a few months ago since oh, since then they arrested and found guilty the three perpetrators. I am a member of the or Ojibwe people and the believe is you go to heaven to meet your family who aren't alive either yet or not anymore but if there is some Someone who can let go of you, massively grieving or depressed over your spirit can't move on, his wife was in this state and came over for new years, they had alcohol I and my older brother by 2 years had sparkling rose and apple juice, the following day while me my mom brother and step cousin uncle's side the light upstairs was flickering it has never done this nor has since my mom then starts yelling at the spirit most likely cj to go home you need to go home now leave my son alone so obviously we get curious and start talking about who's more than likely still grieving and we all concluded it to be his wife as she was crying the night before while wasted this is just one of the tragedies that hit us when i am alone at lunch i can feel a chill either at my feet or when i am relaxing in bed on my arm or i hear a cat meowing behind me i have a cat but sleeping at the time i honestly believe this was my old cat who i've had since she was a kitten checking on me before leaving it. i get said knowing it's them now watching over us making sure we stay safe cj stopped coming around when they were arrested but the kitten keeps me company feeling how much pain his death brings me this and other people's stories led me to the theory the afterlife depends on what religion an individual believes in which would explain why we see some evidence from so many religions afterlife. when i was a kid at about age nine i went out jogging shortly after dusk down our street small town i was an outside kid and played in the woods outside pretty much all day it was the late 80s pretty normal i was a few blocks from my house on my way back and sat down on a block or something to rest it was under a street lamp and i was catching my breath Shortly afterward while I was still sitting there, a beat up, a faded red pickup truck drove by, and I still remember to this day, the face of the man that was looking at me very strangely as he drove by, even nine year old me knew something was wrong with the way he was looking at me as he drove by, it was a look of, opportunity, I watched his taillights go down the road one block, and then, sure, enough, His brake light lights came on and he turned left on the block after that. I knew that there were no houses on that block and no reason he had to turn there other than to come back to where I was. I resumed my jog up the street because I wanted to be away from where. That man saw me. Less than a minute later, his truck turned the corner in front of me, headed straight towards me. Very fast. I immediately ran off the road into a field that was next to me, towards a house that was probably 100 yards away, across that field. Adrenaline kicked in and I don't remember much afterward. But he then turned and drove into the field after me. Apparently, I about broke the back window of that house, pounding on it trying to get the attention of whoever lived there they ended up taking in a hysterical nine-year-old boy crying and saying that someone was trying to kidnap me and then drove me the short distance to my house after I told them where I lived I didn't understand how weird it was at the time but my parents never called the police or did anything about it I asked them about it now and they say that at the time they thought I was lying about what happened or that I imagined it so after that long story I wonder about that man who is he? Was I a one-time thing that ing that popped into his head as he saw me? Or was he a serial abductor and I was just someone that got away? I wonder what would have happened to me had I been abducted that night. I wonder how many other children that man may have abducted. The smiley face killer conspiracy has been pretty much debunked. The men that went missing. The circumstances were uncanny in that there are so many similarities in each case. The men were young. Had all reportedly been drinking very heavily and may have been on other. Substances too when seen in the last tavern and as they left. I believe the time of year was in during the late fall. Winter months, the climate was windy, cold, and there were bodies of water, moving in most cases, nearby or on the route they would have taken to get home on foot or close to where they would have parked. Lighting was poor or there was, none around these waters and guardrails, security fences to keep one from getting too close to the water did not exist, in short they accidentally fell in, the cold water, shock and inebriation kept them from recovering and getting to the water's edge, and some might have not known how to swim or were not good at swimming late at night, when few if any others are even remotely close to hear the splash or yells for help bodies are way gone by dawn poor guys but high prob this is what occurred since 2009 10 young men in their 20s have drowned in the Charles River in Boston usually drunk on weekends from my understanding some people think it is coincidence some people think it is a serial killer group called the smiley face killers because graffiti of smiley faces have been found near multiple of these drowning sites young men in Boston be careful buddy system no matter how big and bad you are when this pandemic is over and bars and back to full capacity i'd assume they will strike again i wouldn't be surprised if they have a female working with them to lure these men away or maybe it is a man luring them and all of these men were secretly gay maybe it's drugs maybe it's a cigarette maybe the victims were just trying to help someone that is acting desperate i don't know but whatever they do to seclude the men it works. The deceased is usually a good-looking, well-liked college-aged male. They are almost always out with friends. Until they leave suddenly, they are then found floating down around a river or body of water weeks to months. Later, I want to learn how these men died, so I will be the solution that I want to see in the world. You might think I am kidding, delusional, or being dramatic, but this hits home to me and I will try to make a difference. Peace and love. So I live in Boston and I've heard of all these deaths and the thing is, it is terrifyingly easy to fall into a body of water in this city. The ocean rises up near the aquarium and at night it looks like an extension of the cement. I almost walked clear off at sober one evening while looking up at the sky. I also lived around the waterfront and sometimes during broad daylight I'd realize I wasn't paying attention and that I was heading straight for the water. In most areas there's no barrier or just a simple chain that anyone can fall over. I unfortunately genuinely just think people are drunk and falling into the water. are more likely to walk home alone i don't know any women who walk home alone from bars in the city and most will take transporta, a or an uber i really can express how easy it is to fall into bodies of water around here oceans rivers and reservoirs either way it's tragic and i know a lot of people who live here have said they pay more more attention walking around the waterfront areas in the city since these deaths happened this one might border on being a conspiracy But given that we know for a fact that the rich have used their positions to work around the law and that there is a ring of powerful pedophiles, I don't think this one is too far out of the realm of possibility. For the past several decades, there's been large-scale femicide taking place throughout most of Mexico. The area that has received the most attention has been Cudad Juarez. A lot of reporters have looked into the deaths, linking them to cartels, corrupt police. Possible serial killers a theory proposed by the FBI based on evidence and bus drivers that transport workers to the local Mackey a very shaky theory proposed by the local law enforcement based on the need for a scapegoat However, when some agents were surveilling some powers that be regarding suspicious activity when transporting undisclosed items across the border They overheard conversations linking these powerful people to the disappearances in Juarez They submitted their reports but nothing was done and when they pushed for news, they were fired. They wound up giving what they knew to reporters, who have refused to drop names out of fear of retaliation. Those agents have since disappeared. Considering that the main reporter who leaked the news about the Panama papers died under suspicious circumstances, I don't think it's too far out of the realm of possibility that these people killed these agents to prevent any news from coming out. I would love some definitive answers, but I am well aware that the rich don't ever face punishment. She was a little girl who got murdered in her own home on Christmas night. It was very suspicious as within eight hours of her going missing the parents called the police. When the police arrived they told the father John to check the house. The first place he checked was the basement where they found her body then. The mother Patsy discovered a ransom note at the bottom of the stairs asking for money. In the early hours the Ramseys invited people over which messed up the fingerprints. The parents stated it was an intruder although no signs of a break-in. Many theories suggest that the brother Burke murdered her out of jealousy and the parents covered it up. Or, the father was a pedo. The mother hit her by accident due to John JonBenet wetting the bed. Burke soon after sued CBN 750 million for suggesting that he murdered her in a documentary. Well, I was going to say the Silent Twins, but I just looked them up after I first heard of them years ago. I'll explain. But I would really like to know what was going on in their minds, and any other mysteries of their existence. June and Jennifer Gibbons were born in 63. They were inseparable, and traumatized by bullying for being the only black people in their school in Wales. They were already hard to understand because they spoke a sped, up Bajan Creole, but they became unintelligible to everyone when they started their twin speak. They would also move in a synchronized way. They often mirrored each other. They eventually talked to no one else except their younger sister Rose. Kept going to school but refused to read or write. They were put in separate boarding schools to break their isolation, but they would become catatonic. Fast forward they become writers and experiment with drugs and alcohol Jennifer started committing small crimes which led to them being put in a high-security mental hospital given heavy antipsychotics. Jen developed heart of dyskinesia okay one of the k one of the weirdest parts is that they had a long-standing agreement that if one of them died the other must begin to speak and have a normal life while in the hospital though they believed it was necessary for one of them to die Jennifer agreed it should be her they were transferred from that place to a more open clinic soon after arrival Jen was taken to a hospital where she died of acute myocarditis sudden inflammation of heart no sign of drugs or poison june i am free at last liberated and at last jennifer has given up her life for me to me it was almost as if it was one person in two bodies june is 57 now the eliza lamb case it's been a while since i've thought of this but here are the basics of her death from what i remember eliza lamb goes down to california for a vacation she was a canadian student she had mental health issues and wasn't taking her medication suddenly Her friends stop hearing from her and no one knows where she's at. I believe around a week later, Guests at the hotel complain of water pressure issues and brownish-black water. Shortly after, staff decide to investigate the water tank. There, they find Eliza with no clothes, floating in the tank. Obviously this is disturbing but here's where it gets even more eerie. The water tanks were supposed to be locked. They were on the roof of the hotel only accessible by a staff or by a ladder on the side of the hotel. Also, there's a video of Eliza with a broken timestamp. Mange believe the video is altered for the reason of the timestamp being messed up. She's in an elevator, moving weirdly, looking scared, checking inside and outside. It almost looks like she's interacting with someone or something. But nothing appears to be there. I think the report that came out was that she was really unstable and decided to drown herself in the tank. But that doesn't seem to make sense to me. How would a person who is having difficulty using the elevator alone do the following? Scale the side of the building on a ladder. Climb the 14 feet tanks. Take all her clothes. Off. Unlock the tank. Get in the tank. Close it on herself. It seems so incredibly unlikely when you factor in the possibility of the footage being doctored. This case is so strange to me. The legend of the green children of Woolpit concerns two children of unusual skin unusual skin color who reportedly appeared in the village of Woolpit in Suffolk, England, sometime in the 12th century, perhaps during the reign of King Stephen. The children, brother and sister, were of generally normal appearance except for the green color of their skin. They spoke in an unknown language and would only eat raw broad beans. Eventually they learned to eat other food and lost their green color. But the boy was sickly and died soon after he and his sister were baptized. The girl adjusted to her new life, but she was considered to be rather loose and wanton in her conduct. After she learned to speak English, the girl explained that she and her brother had come from St. Martin's Land, a subterranean world inhabited by green people. After learning to speak English, the children Ralph says just the surviving girl explained that they came from a land where the sun never shone and the light was like twilight. William says the children called their home St. Martin's Land Ralph adds that everything there was green. According to William, the children were unable to account for their arrival in Woolpit they had been herding their father's cattle when they heard a loud noise according to William, the bells of Barry St. Edmunds and suddenly found themselves by the Wolf pit where they were found, Ralph says that they had become lost when they followed the cattle into a cave and, after being guided by the sound of bells, eventually emerged into our land. Was this actually real or just a legend? And if it was real, then is the girl's story about being from the underground true? Where was she really from? the 1966 disappearance of the three Beaumont children from a beach near Adelaide. It's an abduction that has haunted Australians. Perhaps it is a game theory or behavioral psychology that suggests the dynamics that may have facilitated the abduction. Presumably, there was a single male perpetrator who was able to lure and secure one or more of the children, and then the other S, feeling bound by their natural commitment to look after each other, were drawn in, once in a vehicle or house. They could not be seen by potential witnesses and could not escape. I find this heartbreaking to imagine and I don't want the children's fate and the identity of the perpetrator to remain successfully hidden. More recently the 2011 abduction of three-year-old William Tyrrell from the mid-north coast of NSW remains a thorn in the hearts of many. The seemingly purely opportunistic abduction with its lack of evidence is astounding in the present era of cell phone tower logs, video cameras everywhere, etc. Really any and all missing child cases ache to be solved and I would leap at any opportunity to see the families giving back their child or simply to have closure. What exactly happened to the Orang Medan? An Indonesian cargo ship went missing during World War II and was found in the late 1940s hundreds of miles offshore by a pair of American vessels. Passing through the Straits of Malacca they picked up an S oh s in morse code which essentially stated I think everyone is dead curious they went looking for eventually found the ship some 400 miles offshore which appeared undamaged but upon boarding it they found the corpses of the entire entire crew all over the place none of the bodies appeared to have any physical injuries but they all wore an expression that made it seem as though they had quite literally been scared to death the American vessels attempted to tow the boat back to port but a fire broke out in one of the cargo bays while they were hooking up the ropes forcing them to cut their lines and separate from the ship. Shortly after, there was an explosion aboard the Orang Don It Sank. Exactly what happened aboard that boat has never been solved. It's one of the first ever documented ghost ships, and has become something of a legend since then. There's tons of theories as to what might have happened, but since the ship is gone, we'll likely never know.